Senior Bowl practices are in the books, and plenty of prospects stood out during the week of practice. So which prospects impressed enough to potentially become Indianapolis Colts? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my co-host and fellow analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, there was a lot of guys that stood out in the Senior Bowl. I feel like if we talked about every single one of them, we would end up being here for two, two and a half hours. It'd be a really long episode tonight. But uh, I, the Colts definitely, like we said, they take this event very seriously. Chris Ballard was down there. Shane Steichen was down there. Ed Dodds, the assistant GM, down there, plus a, a contingency of scouts for the Indianapolis Colts. This is a big event, and some guys that we had talked about on Monday as being potential targets, they started to stand out and could and possibly stated their case for becoming Indianapolis Colts here come April. And look, the big dogs were there. I mean, we we saw the pictures of, uh, of Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard standing shoulder to shoulder. Ed Dodds was pretty much right there next to him. I mean, these guys are honed the hell in. They understand that not only is this a tradition for the Indianapolis Colts to pick so many of their players from the Senior Bowl, but there, dude, there was so much talent out there, and so, oh, certain yeah. guys that we will talk about now. Obviously, some kind of some kind of underperform, but that's always going to happen. But the ones we're going to talk about today, not only did they stand out, but they are potentially realistic guys that could be with the Indianapolis Colts. We're not just talking about you know guys that are totally out of the ballpark for the Colts to pick. We're talking about guys that actually fit what the Colts are trying to plug up and and depth and potential starters and all that stuff. So um, it, it was honestly a pretty awesome senior bowl, and it was kind of nice to watch it and not have to watch the quarterbacks or pay any attention to the passers. Right. I mean, hey, as a Notre Dame fan, I wanted to see Sam Hartman go out there and do well. Uh, but other than that, my eyes were glued on the wide receiver and cornerback battles, on the trench battles. Those are always a lot of fun. But yeah, tonight Drake and I are going to talk about about eight different players uh, that we think realistically could be on the Indianapolis Colts next year that that stood out you know and 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 really had a good week maybe boosted their draft stock or at least we think it probably impressed the the brass for the Colts this week down in Mobile Alabama but before we do that please guys go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live no worries Apple Spotify Google Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Patrick is already in the chat. Uh, we were a few minutes late. That's my bad, not Drake's. But he says, assuming it's because Drake is mixing a double. Hey, Drake might have had a double. He usually does 50-50. So pretty, Always. Uh, more than a double usually. So thanks. Uh, good to see you, Patrick. We got Sean in the chat. Hey, guys, excited about tonight's podcast. Thank you so much, Sean. Uh, excited to have you on board and we're getting it started out hot with the super sticker from stormy hellbrook if you guys don't know stormy that's drake's mom so hey uh, thank you so much uh for all the support uh i saw saw some pictures of of your mom at at, uh your baby shower drake and she was getting you some different things for the baby saw that so hey always appreciate your support as always so uh drake 
let's dive right in, buddy, because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got to talk about all the standouts from the Senior Bowl. And immediately, I want to go to the cornerback position, Drake, because this it could be one of the positions that the Colts are considering in round one. Yes, Juju Brents played really well. Uh, Jalen Jones showed that he has starter potential, but the, the, are they really set at the cornerback position? Who knows? I think Chris Ballard and, and that group are still looking at that position and wanting to, number one, get more explosive, uh, maybe find guys with more ball skills, and, and really just to kind of create competition for such a young group that is going to be vital, uh, uh, not only for 2024, but for years down the line for this team. Yeah, and look, it's it's one of the youngest parts of the defense. It's one of the youngest parts of the roster for the Colts, and this is overall a freaking young roster from top to bottom. Okay, and it was a dare I say it? Look, we have to be we have to be brutally honest as analysts here. It was a liability at times. Okay, for the Indianapolis Colts when Juju Brents wasn't playing, you know, Dallas Flowers goes down. Oh my goodness! Then you've got Daryl Baker Jr. out there. You've got guys like Tony Brown who it'll go down as potentially the worst showing I've ever seen as a defensive back. And that's no offense to Tony Brown. He is strictly a, a special teams ace, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, if just, just to give everybody perspective, I mean, so many people have mocked, you know, first, the first round pick for the Colts to get a defensive back, to continue to build that secondary, to continue to build rapport uh, with, with Gus Bradley's defense and guys like Juju Brents and guys like Jalen Jones um, and even Jalen Jones. He's not even a, a, you know, a solidified starter. Okay. They're at, at the end of the season, he kind of struggled at times. He started to get exposed a little bit. So um, absolutely. This is a position of need and they still need a starting level cornerback to help Juju Brents and to help Kenny Moore if he does get resigned. Yeah, I would agree. Drake, we've got a challenge here for you, buddy. Stormy saying, I'll donate another 10 if Drake drinks a double live. <laughs> I don't know if Drake is wanting to down his entire drink, uh, but hey, the, the if we're getting another it's 10. Heavy. You can yeah, still see the top heavy. of it. <laughs> you can, you can, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see there. Uh, but Drake, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. And, and I think this this cornerback class, there's there's definitely some – uh, uh, some debate about what the who the top corner in this draft class is, and there's going to be debate about that up until draft night. But a guy that I think really staked his claim for that this week was Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback out of Toledo. I mean, my goodness, Drake, watching him in practice this week, he he's got a claim for the best defensive player at the senior at the senior bowl bar none i mean he was making plays all over the field he was like a magnet to wide receivers i think the only time i ever saw him uh, a wide receiver break him off on a route was because he slipped down he slipped and fell down you know it wasn't because there was anything wrong with this technique but he's a big strong long cornerback that that really showed off some ball skills uh, intercepted two passes in in practice and and boy if I'm the Indianapolis Colts uh, that's that's exactly the type of cornerback that I want to see on my team yeah and he's starting to to break away as a legitimate like top five potentially even top three corner I mean if we're if we're gonna go based off the senior bowl practice week this dude shined I mean he was fantastic he was like glue he was stuck to the receivers, which is what the Colts need. They need a guy like that. And guess what? He can also play in the zone. Okay. He can do everything as a cornerback. And he comes from a small school, which, I mean, you know, a lot of times these guys uh, that come from schools like Toledo, I think, uh, what what conference? Yeah, that's the MAC conference, the Mid-Atlantic Conference. I mean, people aren't talking about, 
you know, a lot of prospects coming out of that conference. They just aren't. So the fact that he's a Toledo rocket and he's over here as a top five potential cornerback, that's fantastic. And honestly, I know we've talked about Kool-Aid McKinstry. I know, we, I know we've talked about Nate Wiggins and all those guys, you know, from Clemson and from Alabama. But, man, he is starting to look like he would be a perfect fit in Gus Bradley's defense and like he could really solidify a position long term if, of course, his prospect rank and the way he's playing pans out for his NFL career. So um, I loved him. I loved watching him play. Like you said, a couple times he, he slipped or maybe once I think he got um, beat on a route. But other than that, man, this dude was about as efficient as you can ask a cornerback to be. Absolutely. I mean, you look at you just look at his 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 body of work in there. And and I think I think he was he was probably a lot of scouts were were pegging him to late first round. I mean, he's probably now, I would say, a top 20 prospect in yep. this draft class. And and I could say that confidently. Uh Patrick has a has a comment here that and he says his only posted 40 time isn't great, but he could improve that at the combine and his senior bowl performance could shoot him up the board. So yeah, I, I do agree with that. The 40 time uh I when I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah talk and they said they said representatives of the school earlier in the year had clocked him at a four three nine. So uh, if that's if that's accurate, we'll have to see. I mean, we'll see here uh, in, in a month when 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 he takes the field at the combine. But if he's got four three speed, I mean shoot that's gonna make him even more enticing but but drake looking at him as far as his fit with the colts i mean really good in off coverage really good zone uh, a guy that that can be that, that that really when 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 watching his film he has really good eyes you know he he can definitely get to or read the quarterback he can break on the ball very quickly uh, and then impress coverage too. He's a big, strong, physical cornerback. So it's hard for wide receivers to really break away at the line of scrimmage when he is impressed. So he can really do it all. But because he he's so strong in that zone coverage and then has the speed to kind of to, to, to react and catch back up to other wide receivers if need be. That's why I think he's more of uh, he's really a perfect fit for what Gus Bradley wants to do in kind of that man-match scheme where you start out in zone and then as soon as a, a wide receiver enters that zone, that's kind of your man. Then you match up with him and you're, you suddenly go into man-man coverage. So uh, I think it's I think he would be a perfect fit. And really, he if I had to choose right now of, of a guy that is likely to be available there at 15 and that the Colts are really going to fall in love with, it, it's probably Quinion Mitchell. Yeah, and like you said, they need a guy who's versatile, all right? They don't need a one-trick pony anymore. They need to solidify this secondary because I know that there wasn't constant pass pressure from the Colts, but that secondary was probably safeties and cornerbacks included the most, like, just devastating liability for that defense, and it showed. It showed that they need depth and they need young talent and young starting talent, and so far, Quinion Mitchell looks like he might be that guy if he does fall to the Colts and if they get a chance to get him. I agree. And there's other, there's really strong corners in this class, like oh, a Terry, yeah. like a Terry and Arnold, Nate Wiggins, potentially Cooper DeGene. All of those guys are going to be in the mix along with Quinion Mitchell. And, and the combine is going to help 
tell a lot of that when you get full testing numbers on these guys as well. It's going to be a very, very important position to watch for the Indianapolis Colts this fall. Shout out, or this spring, excuse me. Shout out to Truett for his super sticker. Uh, he said, late intense Madden game. Let's Oof. move on. I get hey, it. Truett, you're, 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 I'm glad you're using that, that uh, Madden game that, that you won and, and getting on the sticks, brother. Hopefully, hopefully you're kicking some butt. Hopefully you're leading the Colts to a, to a Super Bowl and franchise mode. Uh, you love to see it. So, but Drake, let's talk about another cornerback. This guy, I, is, I'm not really thinking of him as, as a, a day one, day two guy. He might be in day three. This might be a, a type of player that the Colts kind of take a shot on, but he's going to provide really good quality depth for you. And that's cornerback Cam Hart from Notre Dame. He really had a, a, a solid, a solid week of practice. He, he, one of the biggest question marks was, was does he have the speed to stick with the receivers? How's he going to be able to, to handle some of the better route runners and watching him in practice, he handled all that just fine. So it, it seemed like as the week went on, Cam Hart got stronger and stronger going up against higher level competition. Yeah. And if you, if you on X followed guys like Destin Adams or our own Jake Arthur or our own Shad McGinnis, I mean, pretty much unanimously, they were talking about Cam Hart mm-hmm. and just how, how, kind of we were talking about Quinion Mitchell, he was sticking to these receivers. He wasn't giving them any chance in one-on-ones. I mean, he's he was showing physicality. He was showing ability to cover. He was showing perhaps better than expected speed. Now, it's not going to be lightning quick, but neither is Juju Brents. Neither is Jalen Jones, okay? So you don't necessarily need super fast corners. You probably want one. But like you said, he's not going to be a first rounder, probably not even a second rounder. More than likely, he's going to be like a fourth rounder, maybe a third rounder at best. And he could be a big value pick. You know, he could be kind of what you thought and hoped that Darius Rush was going to be. Okay, only... I think that he fits the scheme better, and I think that he showed in the senior bowl practices that he might be better than everybody thought he would be. Exactly. Bigger guy, too. Uh, six oh, yeah. foot two, close to 200 pounds. So you're, he's not going to be easily moved. Okay. He's, he's gonna, he's a bigger, strong, uh, physical corner. Uh, you guys noticing a pattern here when I'm talking about cornerbacks that the Colts like, I mean, hell look at Juju Brent, six foot three, yeah. over 200 pounds, really long arms and a, and a physical guy. That's what the Colts like in, in their cornerbacks. So they just need, they, they, they need more guys with that, with that really long game speed and that's that's where Quinion Mitchell comes in especially if he runs in the in the four three range um so so but yeah I thought Cam Hartit was really impressive this week uh certainly answered some questions I had about him and, and I think he, he kind of solidified himself as probably an early day three pick fourth fifth round uh someone that the Colts could potentially take a shot on uh start out on special teams and, and provide some quality depth because you guys remember the Colts were down to to at times Daryl Baker Jr on one side uh tony brown had to fill in at times so the depth at cornerback was definitely tested this year you know (laughs) there was a lot of injuries and and so you kind of have to prepare for that uh this season again you got to make sure that that the 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 depth at the cornerback position is is much better than it was last season because i think that was one of the areas that really hurt the colts Uh, let's move off the cornerback position and let's talk about edge rusher because edge rusher i think is a is also a potential need for this team and and boy drake there were quite a few that stood out but i want to talk about Latu latu uh who could potentially be the pick at 15 just like quinian mitchell you know and and i know there's some concerns about his medicals and that will all get checked out at the combine but man 
watching him in practice, especially in those one-on-ones, going up against other offensive tackles, some tackles that are projected to be top 20 picks, and he made such quick work out of him, Drake. I, he just seems so polished as a pass rusher. He's not coming in with just one move. He has multiple moves that he can use. He has his he has a chop move. He's got a spin move. He's got a rip move. Uh, and, and he's able to use those as counters, too. That's something that, that a young player coming into the NFL usually doesn't have right away. They have one move, and then they can kind of get stuck, and they try to rely on their athleticism to get them out of that. Not Latu. I mean, he got stuck, and he immediately went to a counter move and was able to get right around the offensive tackle. He impressed me quite a bit this week. And I know Stats Matt, who just joined, uh, Latu is one of his favorite guys as well. Stats Matt, you had a week. Latu was very impressive. Yeah, and you know, you're talking about a guy that, yes, okay, in 2019 and 2020, you look at his stats, on, if, if you take a gander at him, you know, they're kind of they're sparse, right? But let's go with the positives here. He bounced back like a madman, okay? I mean, this dude was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, okay? I, I want to look at those kind of accolades. And he also had two freaking interceptions in 2023 as a defensive end and a guy on the front. Honestly, we're gonna. I'm just gonna say it, and I know you'll agree with me. He looks kind of like Quinion Mitchell. He looks like he would be just a perfect fit for what the Colts are trying to do. And you also, dare I say it, you need a guy to push Quiddy Pay. You need to put a fire underneath Quiddy Pay. I know he's a great run defender, but he doesn't put enough p- pressure on the passer. I mean, uh, uh, Taekwon Lewis out pressured him by by 16 pressures this year. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can't have that happen with a guy who is behind you on the depth chart. All right. So I think that this is a great fit for the Colts. If he's there and, you know, a guy like Brock Bowers, who will probably be gone, I know you and I kind of hope he's going to fall, but if 15 rolls around and, and, and Leotu's sitting there, you, you might want to take him. And I know everyone's been talking about Jared Verse. I don't know if he is even as complete as Leotu is. I mean, this dude is, he looks fantastic. He can stop the run. He can put pressure on the quarterback. Like you said, if he gets stuck, he continues with different moves. He doesn't just try to continue to push with his athleticism. That doesn't work in the NFL. All right. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just not going to work against the pros, especially guys like Laramie Tunsil, who are, by the way, in your freaking division. So I'm all about Leotu. I think that if everyone else that might be before him on the Colts board is gone by the time they pick, man, he would be a perfect fit. And I honestly think he could push to start. What was one thing that we talked about? I think it was last week when we talked about the defensive line for the Indianapolis Colts and how they they need to take that next step to be elite. Yeah. They didn't get enough pressure consistently on the quarterback. Well, Let's look at some stats from Leatu last season uh, uh, for for this this kid out of UCLA. So last year he ranked second in the FBS, which is Division One football, in total pressures with fifty seven, and pressure rate at twenty point four percent. So literally one fifth of the snaps he took on defense, he was getting pressure on the quarterback. The year before that, Leatu led. The FBS ranked first in with 55 pressures and a 19.1% pressure rate. So he he ranked first and then dropped down to second, but he actually had more pressures and a higher pressure rate last year than he did two years ago. You know, so this this kid is is continuing to get better and better. Uh, what's going to be key is the medicals. 
You know, the medicals are going to be so key for for law to, you know, if, yeah. if to, because when he suffered that neck injury, when he was at Washington, he was the doctors medically retired him said he said you know if you play football there's a high chance that you could seriously hurt yourself and 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 your career and uh be have worse issues than just your football career ending so that's going to be that's going to be the huge thing it's how are the medicals going to look and and if they're they're cleared and there's no issues then yeah i think latu is going to be a top 15 pick if not, then you could see him fall. But but watching him on the field, watching his film, watching him go up against some of the best that that the college football landscape has to offer at the Senior Bowl and those offensive tackles, I mean, he was absolutely dominating out there. Like I said, the multiple moves, getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, that's what the Colts need out of an edge rusher. And if it's not going to be Quiddy Pay, Latu could probably step in and and start close to day one. You know, I mean, he probably has he probably needs to work on his run defense a little bit, so uh, he might take a back seat there. But hey, I mean, the kid is oozing with potential. Yeah, and look, I, I understand the medicals. You know, I understand kind of the the fear with that, and you 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 wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't look deeper into that. Okay, right. but the thing is, the guy just looks like he fits with what the Colts are trying to do, and I'm we're not saying Quiddy Pay can't turn into that guy who gets 10 sacks can't turn into that guy who gets you know consistent pass pressure look if we're talking complete if we're talking complete talent on the on the defensive front Samson Ebicom I think really is could push Quiddy Pay at this point for consideration for the best all around you know defensive front member if you want to call them that but Quiddy Pay is a he's a he's an, a well-rounded guy He's a well-rounded football player. He stops the run. He can get it done. He really showed what Yannick Ngakwe could not. And I even think he gets after the passer better than Yannick does at times. Because when Yannick went to Chicago, he was nothing. Okay, so Quiddy Pace still has a chance here. And he's going to – they need to decide if they're going to keep his fifth-year option. Okay, so this is a big year for Quiddy Pay. Not saying you need to go out there and select a defensive end strictly to push your former first-round draft pick. But if if – if the war room decides we need more pass rush, we need a future pass rusher that could be a future star, man, Leatu is starting to, at least he showed it in, in Senior Bowl week, that he might be a, a legitimate starter at some point and a great one at that. If it all pans out, we can only live in the moment right now. But in this moment, he looked freaking fantastic and maybe even better than anybody else during Senior Bowl week. Yeah, I would agree. Shout out to my beautiful pregnant wife, Danielle, uh, for her super sticker on the evening. Uh, when when I, Last time I checked, she was just chilling on the couch. It was a long day teaching five-year-olds. Uh, apparently, one of her five-year-olds said that the fish started with the letter M. So uh, de definitely a day for, for my wife in the kindergarten classroom. But thank you so much for all of your support, as always. I had to throw some humor it's in hilarious. there, Drake. Uh, let's, let's talk about another pass rusher here, Drake. This guy, I think, uh, probably second round, uh, maybe third round. Uh, we'll have to see. But a guy that that 
shows some real intensity, and that's Chris Braswell. You know, I think coming into the league, he would probably be a pure pass rusher. Uh, he would have to definitely develop against the run game, but he he his what really stood out was was his aggressiveness and and his his high motor on running plays. So it's not like he just doesn't play the run at all and is only going after pass rusher. He just needs to work on his technique, and and I think that can that that could be that could be helped with NFL coaching, but the pass rushing skill set is there. He was getting consistent pressure on the quarterbacks there. Uh, you could tell he had a really high motor and, and was really taking things seriously. Chris Braswell, again, a freak athlete. He's going to test out of the building uh, when we get to the combine in Indy in just a few short weeks, but he definitely has some potential there, and, and, and it will be interesting to see if the Colts fall in love with his athletic ability and his upside. He could be a guy on day two that the Colts seriously consider. Yeah, and I think if 15 rolls around, right, and let's say hypothetically, you know, Brock Bowers falls or they get a cornerback or they pick a wide receiver, which honestly, we need to be real, they probably need a playmaker on offense or a cornerback more than they need a pass rusher. I would agree. But I will say that if you if you don't see Leatu picked or you don't see a guy like Jared Verse picked, Braswell could be the next guy. Okay. He could be a second, third rounder. Like you said, day two, he could be a guy that they think maybe long-term could be a solid piece. Okay. And you know, worst case scenario, he becomes a depth rusher with ridiculous athletic talent. Okay. So I, at the senior bowl or at senior bowl practice though, there was pretty much all of that put on display. I do think he might be a little bit smaller from the side, like from the aspect of weight, because he's like 230 pounds, I think, or, or something like that. So he's going to rely a lot more on his athleticism. Like we talked about Leatu, you know, countering and doing spins and doing, you know, chops and doing swim moves and all this other stuff and just dismissing the arms. Braswell's probably going to do what we said you probably shouldn't do. And he's probably going to rely a little more on that athleticism. Now, they did just let, let Nate Ollie go. And me and you think, that was probably for fundamentals, okay? So maybe the next guy they bring in as the D-line coach could help a guy like Braswell get past just trying to use his sheer athleticism because that's what a lot of college players at any position do in their first year in the NFL. And you got to break them of that habit because technique beats athleticism a lot of the times in the pros. So um, I, I think that he would be a nice depth fit. I think that he would potentially at the highest point Maybe he could be like a guy that rotates in like Dio Dangbo did during the 2023 season, you know, grabs 8.5 sacks. That's fantastic. You know, if he does something like that. So um, I was impressed, though. A lot of times that athleticism, man, you know what? If you can get the technique better, he could be a, a problem, uh, you know, as a pass rusher in the NFL, I think. Yeah, it's going to be key to see who the Colts do end up hiring as their new defensive line coach, who's Big. going to be trusted with with developing these guys, putting these guys in the best position to succeed. But Braswell could be a pick on day two because of his athleticism, his ability to get after the quarterback, pressure the quarterback. That's something that isn't lost on this Indianapolis Colts front office. So it's going to be very interesting. I think if you're looking at, at a guy like, like Latu or, or Verse that's if they're drafted in the first round by the Colts, I think that's going to be a really big indicator that the Colts are not going to pick up Quiddy Pay's fifth-year option. If they're if they're using that high of draft capital on their next edge rusher, and I understand you, you can never have enough pass rushers, but when you're drafting a guy in the first round, you're expecting him to be the starter. Yeah. So if Latu is drafted there, 
you know, that's probably an indication Quiddy Pay's fifth-year option isn't going to get picked up. If the Colts don't go edge rush early and or even skip on on a guy like Braswell in two or three in rounds two or three and end up choosing to to draft maybe an edge rusher in the later rounds, I think there's a higher chance that Quiddy Pay's a fifth-year option does get picked up. We'll just have to kind of see how that all plays out. So let's switch gears, Drake. We talked about defense for our first two positions. Let's go to offense and talk wide receivers. So there were some wide receivers that stood out, namely Roman Wilson of, of Michigan. But the reason we're not going to talk too much about him is because I don't know. Roman Wilson just doesn't fit what the Colts need at at the uh, uh, at the wide receiver position. They need guys that are are better route runner runners and have that explosiveness down the field. And a guy that I honestly stood out was wide receiver Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Guys, from Florida, he's got a connection to Anthony Richardson, a teammate with Anthony Richardson in college. Both of them still have a really good relationship. Uh, some of our friends, Noah Compton over there at the Blue Stable, uh, I think it was, him, it was either him or Jay Robbins that, that reported that, uh, uh, or even our own Jake Arthur. One of the guys reported that that he that Anthony Richardson was actually texting uh, Ricky Pearsall through the Senior Bowl asking uh, uh, how he was doing doing pumping him up uh trying to give him some encouragement throughout the week and and Pearsall said hey it, I would love to play with Anthony Richardson again so there is that connection there we'll see if it does play out that way but Pearsall with his route running showed really good hands uh all throughout the week and was able to create quite a bit of separation on the cornerbacks that he faced for most of the week so I thought Pearsall really helped himself Drake yeah, and we talked about you know he's probably not going to test very high with you know the the RAS score the relative uh, uh, the relative athletic score, and that's something that Chris Ballard really likes to to value when right. he's when he's you know picking draft picks. But man, I I know that this might not be the same comp because of the size difference because because Pearsall is like about six one two hundred pounds. But man, it's it's almost feeling like Hunter Renfro to me. Because like when you look at at you know the way that he tested, he wasn't ridiculously athletic, but the dude had 103 catches mm -hmm. in a season. He was a safety blanket, and then the wheels fell off of the whole Raiders franchise, and they forgot how to utilize the guy. I think that if he can continue, if Pearsall can continue to run routes like that, man, getting open is valued. Okay, you can throw athleticism out of the door. If you get open in the NFL, you will be valued. And I'm telling you, you got a guy like that that knows Richardson and then a guy like Josh Downs that knows Richardson and a guy like Michael Pittman and maybe another outside guy with Pierce. Man, that's that's a recipe that that's a crazy recipe for a defensive coach to try to to try to solve because then you're dealing with a couple guys that can get open in the slot. And I think that Pierce is more of a slot guy. So mm -hmm. it, it, he definitely rose his stock a little bit. And like you said, we, we were hearing everybody or watching everybody report on Pearsall. We just talked about his you know relationship with Anthony Richardson. Well, it's past that now. He actually showcased some serious route running ability, which will get you a spot in the NFL. If you can get open, man, somebody's going to pick you up. 
Right. Shout out to NFL Nerd for his super chat of the evening. NFL Nerd says he's giving it on behalf of Stats Matt for keeping us honest. <laughs> take in a drink, the chat. So yeah, take a drink, Stats Matt. Thank you, NFL Nerd, for donating money to Drake and I in honor of Stats Matt. Hey, Stats Matt, I'll, I'll next time I see you, buddy, I'll buy you a beer uh, to, to to comp for 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 the money that that none of the money that Stats Matt ends up getting uh, for this show. But hey, thanks. So we really appreciate it, buddy, and appreciate you, NFL Nerd. For all that you bring to the show each and every each and every week we really appreciate it but drake i agree and and when you were talking about that hunter renfro uh comparison i thought that was spot on you know really good route runner who can get in and out of his breaks quickly has good hands that's ricky pearsall you know and and we talk about needing that deep threat well Behind Josh Downs, the Colts don't really have a quick win wide receiver either. You know, I say McKenzie is likely gone. Uh, they're, they're back up in the slot. Who, who's that going to be? Ashton Doolin doesn't really fit a slot wide receiver. He's more of that deep threat type of guy that could back up a, a an Alec Pierce or a, a Michael Pittman on the outside. But a guy, quick win guy in the slot, I think Ricky Pearsall would be that guy. Could be a good backup, play special teams, and, and contribute in a variety variety of different ways so he's it's not going to be a guy that you take in the in the top three rounds you're probably looking at a fourth round pick for for Pearsall and and I think that's 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 probably where where the Colts would would look at him you know fourth fifth round early on day on day uh uh day three a guy that can contribute on special teams but add really quality depth to your lineup i think that would be Ricky Pearsall uh and really be a good fit there the other wide receiver that really caught my eye Drake South Carolina's Xavier Leggett. Leggett, uh, we talked about him on Monday as being a guy to watch. Came in, and I apologize. I told you that he was six foot three. You had the measurements on spot on the spot. I was wrong. He came in at six foot one. Uh, so a lot, a lot smaller than people expected. And and that first day, that first Tuesday, didn't have the best day, mostly because of the quarterbacks throwing in the football really didn't have a chance to prove it, but he certainly picked it up and he showed what makes him such an enticing prospect, the physicality, being able to win deep, uh, being able to win short. He's got good leaping ability, good yards after catch ability, something that the Colts really need, a wide receiver that can win after they get the ball in their hands and be uh, a yak champion or, or some guy that can can take a ball on a five to 10 yard route and, and instead turn it into into a 20 to 25 yard game yeah and like you said he's more of the long stride speed he's not mm -hmm. this dude who's like you know just gonna burn the crap out of you like a right. Tyreek Hill or something but you know when, when you're 200 when you see his his measurements 6'1 220 pounds or, or you know close to that that's almost like a running back build to put that at wide receiver that is interesting to have to cover. That's a guy that potentially could be more athletic than safeties, and he could be a mismatch for cornerbacks that aren't physical enough to, to keep him in place or to, to match that physicality. And a guy that's like long and rangy might have issues covering him. I mean, there he's he's kind of he's kind of a mystic prospect because the athletic the athleticism is all there. Mm -hmm. You know, the build is all there, but he's six foot one. And you're kind of asking, you know, will he be able to succeed in the NFL? Well, I think he can. And I think that if Shane Steichen gets his hands on him, look, I know we cover the Colts, 
But Shane Steichen knows ball. He knows offensive football. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of his players. That's why you saw him damn near get to the playoffs with Gardner freaking Minshew and basically Michael hey, listen, Pittman Jr. Pro Bowl Gardner Minshew. Throw some pro- respect. Although, throw, throw some respect on his name. <laughs> Excuse me. Pro Bowler Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but look, I, I think that Leggett has an interesting place with the Colts. If they do pick him, I think that he has a very intriguing fit in Shane Steichen's offense because he could be a downfield threat. But like you said, he could also be that very deceivingly quick, um, you know, yak receiver that the Colts definitely needed. And they really didn't have it because Pittman's not that guy. Downs is more of the slot variety. He did have a little bit of that ability. He's not going to beat you in a foot race more often than not. And Alec Pierce is a deep threat. So they don't really have that guy. That's an intriguing draft selection for me. And I think that, I don't know about you, but I think he would probably fall maybe like the, I think at the highest he'd go like third round at the lowest. I think you might be able to pick him up in the fifth round. I think that he's going to be one of, you know, between the third and fifth round if I'm, you know, throwing my opinion out there. Yeah, I think he's probably at this point a late day two pick. Um, probably, probably third round is is where you're going to see him, uh, see him taken if the draft was tomorrow. Um, it's going to be, I, I think what's going to be huge for Leggett is, is the combine showing his tests, yeah. his athletic testing numbers. That's, that's, what's really going to be big. Um, I think another area that he certainly could probably improve on is, is route running. He doesn't create too much separation uh, from what I have seen. He's, but he, but I, I think it's there. I think he can do that. Uh, but really that's, that's what I'm going to be kind of really, really, really looking forward to is, is seeing how he performs at the combine seeing his testing numbers uh to see just kind of how the type of athlete he is because you know the colts they really have to have like a nine above uh, a 9.0 uh, relative athletic score. Otherwise, it just doesn't seem like the Colts are interested in taking guys that aren't elite athletes. It's so it's it's going to be big to see what he ends up doing at the combine here at the end of, at the end of February and, and early March. Uh, let's let's move to our final position of the evening, Drake, and that's defensive tackle. And and yes, we know the Colts have DeForest Buckner. Grover Stewart is likely to be re-signed on another long term extension, but behind that don't really have much you know and when Grover Stewart went out with that six game suspension it was like the Red Sea parted at times and and teams could just run all day right up the middle so you need to kind of get some depth at that defensive tackle position especially if that one technique the guy right behind Grover Stewart I think that is going to be very key for this Colts team uh and one of the guys that could do that a guy that I think is probably going to go a little bit higher than when the Colts are are looking but man he sure showed explosiveness from a guy his size Tavondre Sweat out of Texas Drake what did you see out of this dude this week and and just how impressive he was for a guy that is oh I think he's 360 pounds is what he weighed in at just an absurd size for a human being especially with how he moves yeah um I absolutely love uh the idea of him being an Indianapolis Colt I think that when you watched him there there was a video I saw where he he pancaked I mean he which it's not even a stat for a defensive player but he pancaked uh in one-on-ones a center I Mm -hmm. I believe it was I mean he just shoved him over so uh, Tavondre Sweat man for 360 pounds, this dude's a freaking athletic monster. I mean, he will stop the run. He will 
attract double teams. Can you imagine if Grover Stewart goes out, DeForest Buckner's in there, here comes Sweat. You're not even missing a beat. You're just not. Okay, this this is a guy that is – he has first-round potential, late first-round potential. I think that – he. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. But if the Colts really feel like they need to solidify that defensive tackle depth, man – that would be an awesome pick because as we saw when Stewart was out of there, I think you had guys like Eric Johnson. You had guys like Taven Bryan, just they, they don't cut it in the ground game. And I even wrote a piece recently where I, it was kind of crazy. Taven Bryan was a pass rushing special specialist, had two sacks in his first three games. And then after that, not a single sack. So mm-hmm. he actually underwhelmed in the, in the area that he excels in. Okay. So I think that sweat, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be an Indianapolis Colt if I'm being honest, but uh, that would be one hell of a pick if they were able to get him if he falls like to the second, third round and they really feel like they need depth. Yeah, and if the Colts don't re-sign Grover Stewart, then yeah, that nose tackle yeah, position takes a huge jump in priority and you could be looking at Sweat in the second round. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Carriage House here for his super chat. Thank you so much for all of your support, buddy. Really appreciate it. Carriage House says, Pro Bowler Gardner Minshew. How much does that add to his value? And oh, what's in the cup? I'm late. So Drake's taking his drink right there. We were going to talk about this a little bit later, uh, but we might as well take care of, of it now. But Drake, uh, when I, I wrote a piece about that this week when, when Gardner Minshew was, was elected to the Pro Bowl first of his career, I think that adds at least a couple million dollars uh, each year onto his next deal. So say if the Colts were looking to sign, re-sign him for a one-year seven, uh, $7 million deal, I think that probably goes up to probably a one-year $10 million deal. Honestly, I think it's that important because he can go out there and say, you know, I'm a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. So that, that definitely is going to hold some weight, not only with, with, with what they can say, but other teams are going to go out and say that, look, he, he, whatever you want to say, he did make the pro bowl. He did help the Colts get just a couple of plays away from the playoffs. So I think it definitely increases the value of what Gardner Minshew is going to be asking and and commanding on the open market. Yeah. And he is still one of the best backups in the NFL and he had a dirt, a dirt money contract based even off of backup standards in 2023. So I would say if they do re-sign him, it's going to be a one at the most two year contract, but we're talking probably between the eight and $10 million range. And honestly, I think Spotrack had his value, his market value, like 5.5. That is not accurate. He's going to make more than that. And I just, I think if it's over like $6 million, I don't think the Colts are going to pay him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Personally, I don't think that if, if he's asking for $10 million, the, the Colts aren't going. Mitch no will not be back with the Colts. They will go a different direction. Hell, they may go a different direction regardless because it seemed like how Shane Steichen and, and how Chris Ballard were talking doesn't really sound like it's it's likely Gardner Minshew returns. Uh, they were speaking in the past tense. You know, we're grateful he was on our team this year. Uh, Chris Bauer talked about how Gardner Minshew would like to go somewhere with the opportunity to start. 
That's obviously not going to be in Indianapolis because Anthony Richardson is this franchise. So uh, I, I would be at this point, I'd be surprised if Gardner Minshew does return with the Indianapolis Colts. But Carriage House, thank you so much for your support, buddy. Good question. And, and like I said, really, really appreciate everything uh, that you do for Drake and I. So, uh, Drake, let's talk about the final player that, that, that stood out, the final defensive tackle. This was another one of your guys that you were very, very high on uh, for his performance this week defensive tackle out of florida state braden fist tell me what you like about this guy i just love the way that he he, he just has like a complete a complete uh repertoire uh, of skill set you know when it comes to the defensive tackle position this is a guy that was at western michigan did fantastic work and then he transfers over to florida state doesn't even freaking miss a beat uh against far better competition, but it was really what you saw in the one-on-ones kind of going back to Leatu. Now he's not Leatu, mm-hmm. but he keeps you guessing. Okay. And he can bring the pressure. He can stop the run. This is a guy that had 21 tackles for loss over the last two years of his college career at two completely different schools in two completely different conferences and they're different levels of competition. All right, so this this is a guy that I don't think it matters who you put in front of him. I think he's going to produce, and I think that he's going to fall a little bit. Um, I think that initially before this Senior Bowl week, he probably was like a maybe like a at the highest like a third fourth round pick. I think that his stock went up. I think that he's definitely warranted a little bit more attention. Um, but man, if the Colts are looking for a guy and they're not willing to, and they do resign Stewart, I don't think that they're going to get sweat if they resign Stewart. I think though that Fisk would be a perfect depth piece and hell for all, you know, he might even be a guy that you rotate in with Grover Stewart because you're not going to miss a beat with this guy. He's athletic. He's quick enough on the defensive interior, and he's going to provide a, a smorgasbord of different things on that front that the Colts were missing when Stewart was gone. I think really for me, it was one word that stood out when I was watching Fisk all week, explosive. You know, he was just such, so explosive off the ball. That first step really attacking those interior offensive linemen that he was going up against in those one-on-one drills and, and guys, those one-on-one drills really hold importance uh, to the scouts and everybody there at the senior bowl. That's some of the most watched activities of all practices, those one-on-ones between the defensive linemen and, and, and the offensive linemen. You know, and and it just seemed like he was so quick off the ball all the time. Sure, he lost some reps, but more often than not, he was getting he was getting leverage and pushing guys into the backfield. So yeah, I think he definitely helped his stock as well. Again, gonna come down to some testing numbers. We'll see how he performs at the combine, how what kind of athlete he ends up testing out to be. But the it's definitely intriguing. I think he could be a, a mid round option for the Indianapolis Colts, someone that could be a backup to Grover Stewart would certainly help a lot lot in the running game and 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 potentially like you said come in to spell Grover Stewart if if Grover Stewart gets hurt or whatever come in on some passing downs even in the some of the sub sub packages but yeah I I'm gonna be Fisk is a guy that I'm gonna keep a close eye on throughout the rest of this process through the combine probably watch some more tape on him as well get a little bit more familiar with his game that could definitely be a name especially if he tests as a high level athlete a name to watch for the Indianapolis Colts so yeah. Drake Senior Bowl week, I thought it was a, a fantastic uh, 
look at a lot of different guys. I think they obviously do a great job every year, but especially this year, they had a lot of really good athletes down there. So it makes sense why Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen, Ed Dodds, really the whole brass for the Colts were down there to really get their uh, uh, a good look in person at these guys going up against quality competition i think you learned quite a bit about some guys especially those guys at the top latu and mitchell i would probably put them in in my top five right now easily uh for potential picks at that number 15 spot for the colts yeah and it's it's a toss-up at this point because like like we've you know just absolutely hammered home is last year you knew what position they were going to draft well this year you don't you there's three needs and i think in a in order of importance i honestly think it's wide receiver cornerback you could really interchange those two and then it's defensive edge rusher so um it's going to be one of those three though they're not going to take a tackle they're not going to take an offensive lineman or anything like that um, and, and I saw Carriage House uh, said, uh, did they say what was in the cup? So it is half cucumber vodka, half ginger ale with maybe a skosh more vodka than ginger ale. Because, look, even though we do cover the Colts here and, you know, we like to have fun, I'm still a man and I'm not going to stray away from that. <laughs> we like to have a good time when we're talking Colts football on Monday and Thursday nights. And, Drake, I, I like what you said about it. Could It's probably either going to be a wide receiver or or a, or a cornerback. I'm yeah. sorry. That's wrong. It's going to be Brock Bowers, a tight end oh. out of Georgia. So, listen, buddy, we're, we're on the Brock Bowers train. We're going to be the conductor of the Brock Bowers train until it ends up not happening on 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 april 25th uh but hey if it does i think i think drake and i are still planning on doing a live stream that night because i'm not going to the draft this year because my wife could go into labor at any moment during the draft weekend so i will not be live at the draft like i was last year uh but hey if brock bowers goes i might i might uh have a little party at my house if if that ends up happening so we'll we'll just have to see but but drake let's talk about the latest colts news and rumors here and let the people get out of here uh and really there was only one thing to discuss this week and it was the colts added three pro bowlers to the afc roster deforest buckner heading for the heading to orlando for the third time in his career very well deserved ryan kelly for the fourth time another one very well deserved and there was surprise that really shocked the football world. Gardner Minshew getting selected to his first Pro Bowl. Uh, all of them joining Quentin Nelson down there for the Pro Bowl games that I think are kicking off at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock Eastern. So they might have already been kicking off tonight on, on ESPN. But we talked about this in Horseshoe Huddle uh, halftime. But Drake, just give me some thoughts on, on what are your thoughts on Buckner, Kelly, and Minshew uh, heading down there to the Pro Bowl with Nelson. You know, uh, Kelly, I, I well, first off, I think DeForest Buckner should have been he should have been a Pro Bowler the first round of all this. I agree. Um, so DeForest Buckner, very deserving yet again, eight eight sacks. The guy just continues to be a mainstay of pure, unadulterated re- reliability. All right, and that's what you need. So he earned it. Ryan Kelly earned it for sure. I think that he had maybe one of his best years in recent memory as far as efficiency on the offensive line. And he's the general of the offensive line. Now, Gardner Minshew, that that to me, <laughs> look, we we love the Colts. We cover the team. We tr- we try to stay as not as as unbiased as possible. But you and I can agree here. When when that happened, I thought it was a joke. And, and the Colts released a video. This is how serious they're taking it. They released a video of this dude, like going oh, and like freaking doing goat noises. <laughs> and they had a SpongeBob meme with him. I mean, this dude is going to make 
like you said, we were talking about this. He's going to make those players laugh their freaking asses off. All right. So that's going to be somebody to watch during the, during the pro bowl games, because he's going to act like he doesn't belong. Okay. Now by all regards, he probably doesn't belong, but you know what? You're give him credit, man. He's going to earn a bigger payday because of it. Um, uh, he did his job. He was a backup quarterback. He was paid honestly to, to help Anthony Richardson develop. And because he knew Shane Sykin's offense better than anybody, which again would help Anthony Richardson hit the ground running quicker. I don't think anybody expected him to just start for the entire season, but Hey, he, he was one throw potentially away from making the playoffs and winning mm-hmm. the division. So give him his roses, man. Gardner Minshew. He's a clown. He's awesome. He's, he's good for football He's definitely a personality in the locker room. And you know what? Um, he's going to grace Orlando. And I think Orlando's going to welcome him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, I mean, do I think Buckner and Kelly deserve it? Absolutely. Both those yeah. guys, Pro Bowl level players. And, and I thought definitely had a, had a shot, especially Buckner to, to go in on the first go around. Thought Buckner was snubbed uh, the first go around. Do I think Gardner Minshew deserves a Pro Bowl this year? Probably not, but hey, I mean, good, good, good for him. I mean, he comes in, he leads the Colts almost to a playoffs at the quarterback position. Just kept the offense afloat. A lot of, a lot of other quarterbacks they would have came in. The the Colts probably would have won maybe four games this year. But Gardner Minshew did about as good of a job as a backup could. Sure, he was limited, but there's a reason he's a backup quarterback. He's got limitations. So good for him. I know, like you said, he's going to enjoy his time down there. The AFC is going to enjoy their time with him having him as a teammate uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a fun time down there and and good for him congratulations to to Minshew Buckner and Kelly for getting into the Pro Bowl uh, Patrick is brings up a good point surprise yeah. the news and rumors don't include Isaiah Rogers who place a winning bet a winning player prop bet uh, through a friend on Jonathan Taylor. So uh, great reporting by by Nate Atkins of the Indy Star one of our good friends down there Um he released a story today talking about Isaiah Rogers Sr. and getting a little bit more in depth on on how he he, he revealed this to ESPN on on out uh, outside the lines that he did place a I think it was a one thousand dollar bet uh, uh, through a friend uh, that was down in Florida on I think it was either Jonathan Taylor to get a touchdown or Jonathan Taylor to reach a, a certain threshold uh to to get so to get yardage and and he won and that was part of the the investigation so even though he didn't place the bet he was the one that funded the bet and and got the payoff in return so again it just kind of gets back to the whole thing like listen if you're in the NFL don't bet on NFL games it's it's that simple i mean just don't do it because there's always that risk that you're you could get away with it, but I I mean you would rather not get caught and then lose out on a full year contract uh, uh, that's going to hurt you a lot more than maybe winning a couple hundred dollar parlay. Yeah, and you know I just looked it up and practice squad players make around if they play for if they're on the practice squad for eighteen weeks they make around two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. So everyone, that's the base. Isaiah Rogers, I know that he was a late round pick. Just don't bet on NFL games. You're making too much money for that crap. So mm-hmm. it, it just goes back to it, it. Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, damn it. Because Isaiah Rogers, I think with the Eagles, I do think he's going to be a deceivingly good piece in that defense. I think that he um, had a lot of talent. But yeah, that was um, uh, 
that was just one of those things where I'm like, of course, <laughs> of course, of course he had to bet on Jonathan Taylor, which, hey, by all regards, a lot of times whenever you do bet on the Colts, that is, uh, you know, a player that you put into your parlay usually. So I guess <laughs> right. good for him. <laughs> but listen, I mean, I've told I've told people this for years, especially our good friend Brandon Moses, don't bet on the Colts because it's just bad juju, especially if you want them to win. <laughs> always seems like it, it takes a terrible turn. So uh, so that's that's my feelings on betting against the that's Colts. Fair. But yeah, just if you're in the NFL, just don't bet. Simple as that. You don't need to do it. So uh, the Senior Bowl week is practically in the books, Drake. Uh, the Senior Bowl, game will take place on saturday i'll definitely be watching that not all the players will be participating in it but there's still going to be some guys out there that it's going to be interesting to watch and just see how they perform and and while the colts brass have uh, will not be there they'll come home just just watch the game on tv i think they definitely learned a lot this week on some of the prospects and who knows some of the guys that we mentioned tonight could very well be indianapolis colts come april yeah and we've talked about it look usually there's like at least under half or over half of the draft picks right around 50 percent exactly you always look back and you're like that guy was at the senior bowl that guy was at the senior bowl so fully expect the colts have seven picks this year they're they don't have 12 now they could end up with seven right now yes right now because (laughs) ballard loves to trade back and get those picks but um fully expect multiple names to be guys that we've talked about right here right now that were at the senior bowl that shane steichen ed dodds and chris ballard were probably high well said. And that's our show for tonight, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in to talk the Senior Bowl and Colts football with us, as always. want to give a shout-out to our Super Chats, Stormy, Truett, my beautiful wife, Danielle, NFL Nerd, and Carriage House. Really appreciate all of your Super Chats this evening. Drake still has plenty of, of drink left in there, so if you want to get your Super Chats in before we're, uh, we go out tonight, please. He's, he's, he's kind of thirsty. So, But if you haven't done so, go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday or thursday night or when special breaking news happens we'll go live that night as well so make sure you hit that bell to never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you nfl nerd says booze it up drake so go ahead and take a drink and uh, and while you're with you're several taking, o's yeah several o's and while you're taking a drink there uh you guys drake has been absolutely killing it on horseshoehuddle.com he's been an absolute menace writing his ass off all week getting those stories out to you guys keeping pumping out the content go tell the people what they need to check out so I did the uh, the Colts five biggest surprises from the 2023 season. That's just five players that coming into the 2023 season, nobody really expected to break out. Uh, then three Colts free agents who likely won't be back in 2024. And then three forgotten Colts who could contribute in the following season. And that basically is three guys who suffered injuries that didn't even play at all, or they played like hardly at all, that um, if they stay healthy, they might have a big part in Shane Steichen's offense. 
definitely go check those out for myself. I've got pieces up on the site about Gardner Minshew, DeForest Buckner, and Ryan Kelly heading to the Pro Bowl and, and why, why they all deserve it. Uh, even taking a look at, at Gardner Minshew in his case for the Pro Bowl. And guys, like I told you, I'm working on a piece to pass, to predict what a possible extension could look like for Grover Stewart. Been doing some research and some of the numbers might be a little bit surprising for you. So that one I probably will come out on Monday on HorseshoeHuddle.com. So make sure you check that out as well as all the other fantastic writings by our staff on the site. Go follow Drake at DWalster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with you all as the Super Bowl is inching closer, and so is some crucial moves that the Colts are going to need to, need to make. So the offseason is in full swing. Everyone, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be seeing you Monday night. Take it easy.